Let's open our Bibles to Romans chapter 8, and uh, we're going to read three verses, uh, 28 through 30. Romans 8, and we're going to read verses 28 through 30. You have that, say amen. Amen. Thank you for all of our guests that are here. We appreciate you being here with us tonight. Again, you could be a lot of places on a Wednesday night. Uh, You could even be in other churches on a Wednesday night, but we're glad you're here with us. Amen. And God's got something good for you. Amen? All right, Romans 8, verses 28 through 30. If you have it, let's read it together. Ready? Read. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. These he also glorified. Tonight, I want to talk on, as we've been talking about um, this increase and so forth, I want to talk tonight on the subject, heavenly estate. Heavenly estate. Father, thank you tonight for the word. Thank you for each person who's gathered themselves together. I pray, Father, that, Lord, that you would... You would uh, minister to us through this word tonight. I pray, Father, that every hindrance that there may be uh, in us or outside of us will be, will be moved out of the way so that we can freely receive the word of God. We receive the word of God tonight with meekness, knowing that it's able to save our souls. We receive this word, not as the word of, of men, but as it is in truth, your word, which works effectively in those of us who believe. And we declare tonight, we believe your word. So let your word work a work in our lives tonight, we pray. God, and confirm your word with signs following in our lives. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen, amen. and amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Now, we've been talking uh, here the last couple of weeks about exaltation. Is that right? Yes. And uh, we talked about, uh, we brought into some, something even uh, uh, Apostle Derber brought up about the, about the law of exaltation. And so Matthew 23, verse 12 uh, says that whoever exalts himself will be what? Humbled, and whoever whoever humbles himself will be exalted. So that means it's a law. So whatever you do, uh, every choice, every move you make is going to have a a reaction or a consequence. So if I exalt myself, I will be humbled. But if I humble myself, I will be exalted. How many of you all want to be humbled? No, you want to be exalted, right? I caught you all off guard, didn't I? All right. Praise God. You got to wait on the question. Wait on the question. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we don't want to be humbled. We want to be exalted. So in order to be exalted, what do we have to do? Humble ourselves. All right? Now, so we're not interested in being self-made anybody, self-made millionaires, self-made anything. Okay? Without God, we're nothing. Without God, we're nothing. Everybody knows that. Without God, we're nothing. But here's the reality for us is that we're not without God. Right? We used to say that in the old days, back in my old church. Without him, I could do nothing. But the truth is, we're not without God. We are with God. More importantly, God is with us. And we know that the Bible says that with God, all things, come on. With God, come on now, all things are possible. Mark 10, 27 talks about that, that with God, all things are possible. So you and I are with God. We're not without God, right? So we can do anything. 
Paul said it over in Philippians 4 and uh, verse 13, I believe it is. He says, I can do all things, come on, through Christ, which is the anointed one of his anointing, which strengthens me. Amen? All right, now, we look at this scripture here. Let's go back to 1 Peter 5 and verse 6. 1 Peter 5 and verse 6. Glory to God. We've been looking at this here the last couple of weeks. We, in fact, started at verse uh, 5. We went through verse 7, but I just want to look at verse 6 tonight for sake of time. Verse 6 says, therefore, well, let, I'm, I need, need to go back to verse 5 just to show you something. Uh, this big, this phrase here at the end of verse 5, God resists the proud, but gives grace, come on, to the humble. So if God, I told you this last week, if God resists you, uh, resisting the proud, it'll be like you trying to walk, walk up or down escalator. You're moving, you're, you're making uh, motion, but you're not going anywhere because that escalator is, is constantly pulling you down. Right. And so if you're you're trying to exalt yourself, if you're if you're caught up in pride, God is resisting you. God is not. He's not. He's not going to let you move ahead. Amen. But it says he gives grace or he gives his ability gift, his divine ability to the humble. All right. Verse uh, six says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may do what? Exalt you in due time. Y'all remember that? All right. So uh, again, that's the law of exaltation uh, being carried out. So if we humble ourselves, it says we do that so that he may exalt us in due time. Everybody say in due time. In fact, that's what I preached last, last Wednesday, in due time. That phrase in uh, due time is the Greek word kairos, right? Kairos is talking about, uh, it's, it, it's the picture of an opportune uh, time. It's a picture of an opportune season. It's a picture of the right time. So God has the right time for us to be exalted. God knows the right time to lift us up. Amen? But he says we got to humble ourselves under his mighty hand so that he may exalt us in due time. Everybody say exalt. Exalt. All right, now we're going to try this one more night. This exalt, okay, is this, this Greek word, hupsao, which means to lift up on high. Remember that? To exalt. Metaphorically means to raise to the very summit of opulence and prosperity. Okay? Y'all are still struggling with that one? This is what that word exalt means. This is not my definition. This is right out of your, you can get it right on your computer. Right out of, if you got a Sean's Concordance at home, you go open up your Sean's Concordance, and you're going to see this same uh, phrase here. It means to lift up on high. This is what he's going to do to you in due time or at the right time to exalt you up on, to lift you on high, to exalt. Metaphorically, here's what the picture of it. It means to raise to the very summit, which means top, of opulence and prosperity. Glory to God. Now, y'all remember I gave you that word opulent. Y'all still have that on the media that, if can, I don't know, I hope y'all didn't discard it. That word opulent, I didn't bring it with me. But remember, we looked at that word opulent. This is the dictionary definition of opulent. This is what God's raising you up to. It means to be ostentatiously rich. And remember last week, we didn't even know what ostentatiously meant. But people, we found out what ostentatiously meant. It, it, means, it means in your face. It means, it means flagrant. It means to be flamboyant. It means, it means to put out there for the sake of being out there. So now, remember now, this is not what you're doing to yourself. 
This is the key. You cannot be involved in exalting yourself because what happens if you exalt yourself? You're going to be humbled. So you don't get into, into trying to exalt yourself, make yourself grand. This is what, what you're doing is humbling yourself under God's mighty hand. And let, let me just talk just for a, a second here about what humbling yourself under God's mighty hand means. What, is, what does that look like? It means that you become totally dependent and totally reliant upon God. It means you become totally obedient to God. Did that make sense to you? You become totally dependent upon God, totally reliant on God, and totally obedient to God. You submit to God. That's what humble means. Humble doesn't, okay. Humble doesn't mean not having anything. Humble means, means I have something and I submit it to God. It doesn't mean I'm nothing. It means I am something, but what I am, I'm submitted to God. And even in all of my intelligence, I'm submitted to God. Even in all, all of, my, all of my, my, my skill, I'm submitted to God. My will, I'm submitted to God. That's what it means to humble ourselves. And what you'll find is that most believers are not um, really humbled before God. We may pretend to be humbled. But as soon as we want our own way, we kind of do our own thing. But that's not humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God, under the mighty hand of God, okay? So that's what we got to do. All right, now let me go back to this here. So if we humble ourselves, we get over into where God says, I'm going to raise you up, exalt you, raise, lift you up to this to be ostentatiously rich. I'm waiting, Lord. I, yeah, I'm waiting on them. They're still trying to work with it in their mind. This is the third week, y'all. We're still trying to work with our mind. This is what ostentatiously rich. It means and luxurious or lavish, wealthy. Okay. Now remember now, who's doing this? God's doing this, not you. You do it, you're gonna get in trouble. You get greedy for gain, you're going to trouble your own house. You work to be rich, you're going to bring sorrow to yourself. You're going to bring wounds and sorrow to yourself. You go chasing money, fame and popularity, prominence on your own, you're going to run yourself right into the grave. But if you will just humble yourself before God, See, I, I, think, I think most of the body of Christ still is not convinced that God can and will. Most of the body of Christ is still thinking God somehow gets glory when we're broken, barely making it. And all we got is a bowl of beans and a little bit of rice. And, you know, we're still praising God. I'm, oh, I'm, I, I'm barely making it, but I still praise God. And they, they think that's wonderful as opposed to when you got it going on and you still praise God. See, y'all hear what I'm saying? We celebrate when people are poor and they still praise God. But what about Abraham? Do y'all remember Abraham? Y'all, Do y'all remember Abraham? Who the Bible called him in Genesis 13, verse 2, extremely rich. He was a friend of God, and God called him extremely rich, and yet Abraham served God. The Bible called him a friend of God. You remember uh, this guy named Job? 
Job, the Bible calls him blameless, upright, shewed evil, shunned shunned evil, feared God, and yet he was the wealthiest man in the East or in us, all of us. Remember that? So he was ostentatiously rich, but he still served God. Isaac, Jacob, David, Jesus, rich, serve God. Okay? Now, I'm still jugging at you. I'm trying to see if y'all can catch up, okay? All right, so, so he says he's going to raise us up to the, to the summit of opulence and prosperity. We know prosperity simply means just the state of being prosperous, okay? All right, so again, this is all done in due time. Everybody say in due time. Okay, so the right time. That's the right time. So that means God, <clears throat> God knows the right time to increase you. And he does it when he knows our character is able to handle it. See, what happens is when you and I try to do it ourselves, we skip the character development. <laughs> that's, you know, that, that's right, right? We don't want to go through the character development. We don't want to learn submission. We don't want to learn obedience. We don't want to learn, you know, self-control and temperance. And we don't want to learn, you know, love and compassion. We don't want to learn forgiveness. and all. We don't want to learn that stuff. And that's all character development. And what happens, if you don't go through that character development and you try to advance yourself before time, the Bible says in Proverbs 1 that prosperity will destroy a fool. That's in the scripture, Proverbs chapter, chapter 1, verse 32 in the King James. Give me that, Proverbs 1, 32, King James. Glory to God. For the turning of the way of, of the simple shall slay them, and read the rest. And the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. So don't be a fool. Well, how do I keep from being a fool? Is you get in the word and you become wise. You allow God to teach you and train you and develop your character so that your character can handle increase. All right, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Is that all right? Let me, let me give you another scripture here. Um, Isaiah, Isaiah chapter uh, 54. Isaiah 54. Let's turn over there for a second. Let's take a slight detour. Isaiah 54 and verse 2. This, this is a scripture people know, uh, many people know. Look at what it says here. It says, enlarge the place of your tent. All right, we got that? Now I'm going to skip to verse 3, but I'm going to come back. Verse 3 says, for you shall expand to the left, or to the right, and to the left. Okay? So you're going to enlarge because you're going, because, it says for, for you shall expand. Expand means to increase. So he says you have to enlarge so you can increase. Okay? Now, let's, but let's go back to verse 2 and see something here. He says, enlarge the place of your tent, which means, which means make more capacity. Everybody's praying, Lord, give me more capacity. Lord, increase my capacity. Lord, I want to be able to handle more responsibility. Lord, I want more means. Lord, I want more substance. Lord, I want more influence. Lord, I want more affluence. We want more, 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 right? He says, so enlarge the place of your tent. And let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Y'all understand that? 
God, in other, in other words, God is saying, and this, this is the word for you, somebody here tonight, go big. Oh, you ought, you ought to hit your neighbor in the head and say, go big. Tell him. <laughs> it's time to go big. That's what he says here. He says enlarge, and he says do not spare. Do not spare means don't hold back. I want you to go big, Dwight. They got a saying out in the world in sports, especially say go big or go home. And God is saying I'm ready for my people to go big. How many of y'all understand that? How many of y'all, would, would, you don't mind going big? And look, and as, as big as you'll go, God will fill it. Oh, y'all remember that? Okay, y'all playing around. Y'all playing around with me tonight. Remember that, that woman who came to the man of God said, hey, my husband died. I got these two sons, and my husband left me all his debt. The creditors are coming to take my boys away to pay this debt off. He says, woman, what, what do you have in the house? And she said, all I have is this little old jar of oil. He said, I tell you what, here's what we're going to do. God's going to do a miracle in your life. And the miracle's going to be only as big as you can expect. Only as big as you can, as you can prepare. He says, I want you to go to all your neighbors and borrow vessels. He said, many vessels. He said, borrow not a few. He's saying, go big. He said, don't go borrow a few vessels. Go borrow as many vessels as you can get your hand on. In other words, because as many vessels as you have, the oil is going to flow. And if you know this story, when they came in that house and, they, and she began to pour that oil, the moment they ran out of vessels, the oil stopped. If she had borrowed two vessels, that's all the oil she would have gotten. But if she had borrowed two million vessels, she would have got oil for two million vessels. In other words, God will only pour on what you prepare for. Ah, uh, Jesus. God will only pour on what you prepare for. God will pour, but he will not waste. Y'all getting this here. All right. So let's go back to Isaiah 54 here. Isaiah 54, verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent. Y'all got it? Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Make a lot of space. Do not spare. This, you see this getting big? Yeah. Lengthen your cords yeah. and strengthen your stakes. There it is. Now, that's critical right there. And strengthen your stakes. Here, here's the, here's the, how many of y'all you ever seen somebody put a tent up? Okay. If you put up a little 10 by 10 pop-up tent in your backyard, you're going to have a little cookout, and you just need a little place to cover the grill up or whatever you're going to do, you go, whatever. You put a little 10, 10 by 10, you're going to get some steaks. They're going to be made about that long. They're going to be real thin, and you can just push them in the ground with your thumb. You got a little core. Your core is like that long. Look at this. But when you get a big tent that you're going to sit 200 people under, 1,000 people under, your steaks don't look like this. These stakes, sometimes be, they'll be as tall as I am. They'll be that, that big in, in diameter. And you got to take a sledgehammer. Boom. Boom. Why? Because the bigger the capacity, the more rooted you got to be. See, some of us, we want to go higher, but you can't take higher until you get rooted. Why do they do that? Because you have a, something called wind. And uh, that little stake, when wind comes, that little stake will hold that little tent. But you can't hold down a big tent with a little stake. You got to have a stake that matches the size of the tent. 
So if he says enlarge place of your tent, get a big tent. Stretch out your curtains. Oh, praise God. Do not spare. Leave your cords. And here's the most important part. And strengthen your stakes. What is this? This is character development, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't mean to go here tonight. This is just, we just, we just parked here for a minute with the Holy Ghost. We need character development. We need to learn. We, we, <laughs> we, need, we, need, we need to master. We need to master. Get, get Galatians 5 and verse 22. We need to master these. We need to master these. Glory to God. But the fruit of the Spirit, these are your stakes right here. Oh, We need to master these. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. He's, these are your stakes. Love. I need to master that. Joy. Not talking about being happy sometimes. No, joy is constant. Joy is going to hold that, that tent down when the winds of sorrow and grief and pain come. Joy has to be driven into the ground. You can't be up and down with every wind. No, you need your joy staked down. Love, joy, peace. You got to have peace. I don't have time to deal with all this, but you, you know them. Long-suffering. This is your character development. These are your stakes, ladies and gentlemen. Long-suffering. Kindness. You know what they say, the Bible says, uh, the, the poor use entreaties, but the rich answer roughly. Well, that not, ought not be the righteous rich. That's the, that's the wicked rich. The righteous rich, we ought to still be kind. Even when, even when you got your Bentley, you can still give somebody a ride. You need a ride, honey, baby. <laughs> You're kind. You go to the restaurant. And you don't snap your fingers at the waiter or the server. No, no, you're kind. Come on now. Y'all don't like this part, do you? Kindness, goodness, faithful, faithfulness, or faith is called in the King James. Uh, verse, verse 23, gentleness, self-control. You, why you need self-control? Because if you got all of a sudden big money and big influence and big affluence, you need to be able to control yourself. Like, I can, but I won't. See, can I, can I, I'm, I'm going to just dig at folk. You know the difference between a poor cheater, I'm talking about people cheat on their mar marriages, a poor cheater and a rich cheater is what hotel they use. That's the only, that's the only difference. That's the only difference. In other, wor in other words, if you're a poor cheater with no self-control, that's what a cheater is. A cheater is a man or woman with no self-control. If you're a poor cheater, all of a sudden now you got plenty of money, you just cheat in, more, in, in higher class. Now, now you have more options. Because money's going to give you more options. See, and you got to already have this temperance or self-control worked out. Because God's not going to give you prosperity to a fool for you to destroy yourself. He loves you too much. So I gotta have these stakes driven down already. All right. Glory to God. So due time, let me go back, get back on point here. Due time is determined by God. I'm talking about that Kairos. Remember, he'll exalt you in due time. It's determined by God here. He knows when our character is developed enough to handle increase. 
All right? Uh, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Give me those, th- these two scriptures. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Let's read something here real quick. You know this one. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth or from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it. Now, tell me what happens when you meditate in the word. Something happens right on the inside. Meditation is going to bring revelation. Revelation is going to bring transformation. Transformation is going to bring manifestation. Right? Y'all know that's the cycle, right? You meditate on the word of God. Meditation is going to bring revelation. God's going to open your eyes. Oh, okay, you see something. The more you, the more you spend time in revel- with revelation, you get transformed by the noon of your mind. Transformation. So once you get transformed, you begin to manifest things. You, become, you, be, you begin to manifest something different than you used to manifest. You used to manifest foolishness. All right, I'll show you. Go, go back to Galatians 5.22. Go back to Galatians 5.22. Glory to God. But the fruit of the spirit is, or the fruit, some translations say the fruit of a, of the, of a spirit-controlled life is. Now, you don't start out that way. Okay, I'll come back. I'll come over here. You don't start out with a spirit-controlled life. Right? You start out with a flesh-controlled life. Isn't that right? Even when you first get saved. You're learning to yield to the Spirit's control, but the flesh has still been in control. Now, when the, with the flesh in control, you manifest flesh things. So go back to verse 19, the same chapter, Galatians 5, verse 19. <laughs> now, the works of the flesh, in fact, I'm going I'm to I'm throw this word in here just, just, just for all you theologians. Switch to the King James, 19. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest. That's, I just want you to see that word. So that's what you manifest. And that's all you can manifest. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication. I don't need to explain these, right, y'all? Y'all grown folk understand what this is? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. Lasciviousness simply is no self-control. That's the opposite of the temperance, okay? Uh, Keep going, please, verse 20. Idolatry. Witchcraft, hatred, this is all opposite of what love produces. Variance, emulations, wrath, strife, that's you always trying to get your own uh, way. Seditions, heresies, verse 21. Envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. So if you didn't see your thing on the list, it's, it's on, it's. <laughs> and such like. All right? So we cover everybody. That, that, in other words, this is et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay? <laughs> All right? Praise God. So you manifest that kind of stuff from the flesh. But once you meditate the word of God, go back and get Joshua 1, 8 back on the screen. Once you meditate the word of God, okay, that meditation brings revelation. Revelation, which means God's opening your eyes. Now you see things. You see things from the word of God that you couldn't see before. Revelation now brings transformation. We are transformed by the renewing of our minds. The Bible says we are constantly being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, right? All right? Then that transformation now brings a different manifestation. So here's what God told uh, Joshua to do. He said, Joshua, 
make sure you don't let the book of the law depart from your mouth. He said, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, for then, if you meditate day and night, then you will. Y'all help me preach. Point to your neighbor, point to your finger right at their chest and say, you will make your way prosperous. And you will have good success. So your prosperity and your success is up to you. Well, it's up to God. If God wants me to have it, he'll, he'll, he'll give it to me. No, he wants everybody to have it. No question about it. It's up to you. It's up to, are you willing to meditate the word of God, meditate to get revelation, revelation to give you transformation, transformation to give you your manifestation? Because if you don't do that, you're not going to get to uh, making your way prosperous and having good success. Okay? So in chapter 1, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, God tells uh, Joshua, I want you to do this. So Joshua's an obedient guy. He's submitted to God. He's humbled himself under the mighty hand of God. I know he's a submitted to God guy. I know he's an humble guy because the Bible talks about before when, when uh, Moses was still on the scene, Joshua was Moses' assistant, right? And the Bible says Moses, and Moses would go into the, into the uh, tabernacle there, the tent of meeting, to meet with God. And he'd take Joshua with him. And the Bible said Joshua went with him, and then Moses would leave. Joshua would stay there. <laughs> Joshua was so in love with the presence of God, Joshua would stay in the tent. Joshua loved God. So God gives him a secret here to success. You meditate my word day and night. You're going to make your way prosperous, Joshua. You're going to have good success. <laughs> so then we get, go over to Joshua chapter 3, and uh, I think it's verse 7. Let's look over there. Joshua 3, verse 7. And the Lord said to Joshua, this day, this day, Kairos, it, it's his moment. In other words, Joshua, your moment has arrived. Your day has come. You have humbled yourself. You have meditated on my word. You have, you have learned to observe and do what I tell you. You're an humble God. And so this day, I will. You don't have to do it, Joshua. I got it. I will begin to exalt you. That's what happens. When you and I do what God says, he says, okay, I got it from here. I just want to see, can you do this now? Once you got it, okay, now I'm going to exalt you now. At the right time, he's, he's, Joshua's ready for it. Joshua's ready for it. It's a law. He's ready for it. Ask your neighbor, are you ready for it? If you're not ready for it, there's time. All you got to do is just humble yourself before God. Feel like Jesus Christ and learn obedience. Glory to God. Submit to God. And the Bible says, he'll, there'll come a day when he'll say, oh, Christopher, this day, I will begin to exalt you <laughs> in the sight of all St. Petersburg, in the sight of all your family. <laughs> your day is coming. Tell your neighbor, your day is coming. <laughs> 
We used to sing a song back in when I was a little kid. Better days are coming by and by. When I reach that city way up in the sky, troubles will be past. I'll be home at last. Better days are coming by and by. No, it's not going to be when you reach that city in the sky. There's a better day coming for you. It might be tomorrow. Oh, Jesus. You might wake up tomorrow morning and God might say, Matt, this day, this is your day. You, oh, my God. You, you, know, you know when you read the Bible in Psalm, I believe it's 118, when the Bible says, this is the day the Lord has made, I will rejoice and be glad in it. It's not talking about like we sing it, you know, come to church on Sunday. This is the day. This is, it's not talking about like this is Sunday. It's an actual day that God has put his stamp on and said, Dwight, this is your day. Bam. And when that day hits, ain't no devil in hell can stop you. No man can stop you. Nobody can pull you down. Nobody can shove you back. This is your day for exaltation. Come on and give God a shout about that right now. My day is coming. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Okay, all right, get that back on the screen. Joshua 3, verse 7. Joshua 3, verse 7. This, this just proves what, what, what we said here. And the Lord said to Joshua, this day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Don't forget that phrase. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. So when God begins to exalt you, can't nobody stop you. How do I know? Because if you go back to Joshua chapter 1, verse 5, let's see what Joshua 1, verse 5 says. Glory to God. No man shall be able to stand before you. When I exalt you, can't nobody stop you. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Everybody say, I can't be stopped. I can't be stopped. <laughs> Praise God. All right, let's get back over here to what we're trying to deal with here. Okay? All right, now, again, we've been looking at this uh, 1 Peter 5, 6, that if you humble yourself under, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Okay, and we talked about that. Exalting means to raise you up to the very summit of opulence and prosperity. Everybody understand opulence now? Okay, this is what God says. This is not Pastor John, some preacher making up something. This is what the word of God says. Okay, so you are uh, upwardly mobile. Some of y'all too, too young maybe remember that. You're upwardly in other words, the, the, the Bible even says the way of life winds upward for the upright. Your Bible says in the Proverbs, the way winds upward. You're, you're, on a, you're on an upward path. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? I mean, we know, uh, what is it, Proverbs uh, 4, verse 18, I think it is, that says the path of the just. Come on now. It's like the shining sun that shines ever brighter to the, to the perfect day. So you're on, you're, 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 your future is bright. 
y'all have any upright people in here now? Your future is bright. You're not on a, on a downward up, up path. You're not on, on a decline. Your life is on, is on its way up. Unless you're trying to make yourself go up. Because if you're on trying to make yourself go up, it's all going to come tumbling down. Got it? All right. Now, so we're headed for opulence. <laughs> I said we're headed for opulence. That house you have now, that's nice, but you're headed for opulence. I mean, it's going to be so plush, it's going to make your family mad and jealous. <laughs> I'm just telling you what you're headed for. That's all right. Let them be mad and jealous, but you invite them on over for dinner. Glory to God. Let them enjoy it. And then teach them how they can have it too. Come on, sit down in my flight group. I want to talk to you about the Lord. Because God's got enough for everybody. Tell your neighbor, God's got enough for everybody. God's not broke and he ain't cheap. You understand that? So we're headed of opulence and prosperity now. Here's what, 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 what I told you this last week, is that you have to, first of all, get opulence and prosperity on the inside before it can manifest on the outside. Okay? And the, and the issue is, and I'll deal with this next, this week and next week and so on as the Lord leads, is that if you and I, if we don't know who we are, and if we don't know whose we are, and if we don't know who's in us, then we won't expect to live like much. I'll say it again. I'm going to put it in your lap. If you don't know who you are and whose you are and who's in you, then you won't expect to live like much. Christ in us, the hope of glory. The ancient of days lives on the inside of us. The creator of all the universe lives on the inside of us. The king of all nations lives on the inside of us. Hallelujah. The king of glory lives on the inside of us. That's who we belong to. That's whose we are. That's who's in us. Glory to God. Now, part of the devil's strategy is to keep you from knowing who you really are. So that you get lowballed your whole life. Y'all know what I, you know that phrase, lowball? So you get lowballed your whole life. Lowball low means somebody comes in with an with a, a, a offer that's much lower than the value of something. In other words, uh, you got a house you're trying to sell and that house is worth $500,000 and somebody comes and says, I'll give you 80000 for that. Now, if you don't, but if you don't know the value of that house, you accept the lowball offer. It happens to people when they're dating. Come on now, am I right about it? This is somebody's single marriage minute. If you don't know the value, if you don't know your value, you get some jive turkey comes along and lowball you. 
with what he has to offer you, and because you don't know who you are, you take his lowball offer of a person and a keychain and think you got a real man because he bought you a person and a keychain. That's a lowball offer. There's no ring in the picture anywhere. There's no wedding in the picture anywhere, just a ring and a keychain. A person and a keychain. Got your nails done one or two times. Right? It's the same way. If you and I don't know who you are, the devil lowballs us with low-level living, with small living, with cheap living, with... And we accept it because we think, well, that's all, you know, that's all there is. You don't know who you are. You don't know who you are. I said, you don't know who you are. You don't know your value. My God, my God. Come on now. Some of y'all ladies, all the single ladies listening, the single guys, single guys, don't, don't you take no low ball offer either. Just because just you got good hair and a big butt don't mean nothing. That don't mean a thing. A woman that, the Bible says, favors deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman that fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Make sure sister girl has a walk with God. Make sure, make sure girl got the Holy Ghost. Make sure, make sure girl know how to. I'm, I might as well stay here for a minute, D. Because, see, the, the low ball offer is you only connect physically. But you are a three-part being. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. And people are connecting body to body. My mind is telling me no, but my body. And your body is getting you in trouble. So your body is rocking, but you, you don't even have intellectual conversation. Soul. Soul. I haven't even hit spirit yet. I'm talking about just soul. You, you're dealing with somebody who, who they're, they're, they're an emotional wreck or a basket case or emotionally empty. So while you're all, you're all lovey-dovey and you're just romantic and they don't have nothing. Don't stop there. Don't stop at body. And don't stop at soul. You want to go all the way to a spirit-to-spirit -spirit connection. Your Bible says deep calls unto deep. So, oh my God. So you want to be able to connect spirit-to-spirit. Can we talk about the word? Can we pray together? Can we walk together in agreement? Can we work our faith together? Don't, don't let nobody lowball you. All right, that's over. Sit down. So don't, don't let the devil lowball you into living in the hood your whole life. That's not where you belong. You ain't cut out for the hood your whole life. Don't, don't, let, don't let the 
devil lowball you into being the lowest man on a totem pole at work your whole life? That ain't where you're meant to be. You're meant to be the head, not the tail, above, only, and not beneath. Stop letting them lowball you. Well, we, we'll, we'll give you an extra quarter if you stay around. A quarter? You're going to give me an extra quarter? Do I look like a quarter man to you? A quarter. You better take that quarter and go on somewhere. Give you an extra quarter. I can do math. That's $8 a week. I can do math. But see, if, they, if you don't know your value, if you don't know who you are, if you don't know whose you are, and if you don't know who's inside you, oh, Jesus, Lord of Lords, God of Gods is on the inside of you. You'll get lowball. You be talking about talking about what you got, and God will say, "Yeah, but you could have had." <laughs> you and I aren't cut out for low-level living. I said, "You and I are not cut out for low-level living." I said again, "You and I are not cut out for it." I said, you're not cut out for it. You're not cut out for bottom feeding. <laughs> you're not cut out for that. It might have been all right before you found out who you were. But now that you know who you are, it's, just, it's a little uncomfortable now. Get Isaiah 58 real quick, please. Isaiah 58. I got 30, 38 seconds. Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58, verse uh, 13. This, this is the fasting chapter here. This, this, this is the result of fasting, the kind of fasting that pleases God. Look at Isaiah 58, verse 13. Are you all there? Jesus, thank you, Lord. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure, this is, this is humbling ourselves before God here, on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable and shall honor him and not doing your own ways. This is so big, ladies and gentlemen. Not doing your own ways, nor finding God. Thank you, Lord. Your, can I have a few more minutes, please? My time went out on me, but all right. Nor, nor finding your own pleasure. Don't find your own pleasure. Let God bring you pleasure. God is interested in pleasure. Yes, God is interested in you having pleasure. Everything God did is for you to have pleasure. I'll leave that alone. Nor speaking your own words. That means in the kingdom, I don't have an opinion. I got some that's right on this side. This side is anything. In the kingdom, I don't have an opinion. In the kingdom, whatever the king says is how it is. I don't have an opinion about anything. Well, what do you think? I don't think anything. It's whatever, whatever the king said. See, you and I are too, too, too used to living in a democracy. 
It's a free country. You can say whatever you want. We got free speech, not in the kingdom. Oh, I wish I had two more witnesses. Not in the kingdom. In the kingdom, I say whatever he says. Jesus said, I only say what I hear my father say. He said, I only do what I see my father do. He's teaching us kingdom. And matter of fact, the reason why many of us get in so much trouble is because we keep speaking our own words. Well, I hope I don't catch the flu this, this time. The flu, the flu coming, boy, you know I always stop. Shut up. You speaking your own words. His words are, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. No evil shall befall me, neither shall any plague come near my dwelling. His words are the law of the spirit of life, and God Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Those are his words. Don't speak your own words. All right, okay, I got to keep going. I got Because if, if we speak his words, we won't live a low-level life. Watch this. Watch this. Verse 14. Can you handle this? Yeah. Then. Hoo-hoo. This is all lived in. Then, if you do all this, you shall delight yourself in the Lord. Come on, sir. Come on, sir. And I will cause you. Okay, now some of y'all honest, it was a high hill. Switch, please, to King James, please, media. Switch to King James. Then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord, and I will cause. That's like God telling Joshua, I got it from here. I will cause, make you, to ride upon not the low places, not the bottom places, not in the ghetto your whole life, not in the hood your whole life, not scraping the bottom your whole life. I'll make you ride on the high places of the whole earth. The best. Isaiah 119 says, if you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Y'all know that scripture? Get, get, get Isaiah 119 on the screen. Get Isaiah, because somebody, now don't forget what we just reading here. Get Isaiah 119. If you be willing and obedient, you should eat the good of the land. Go, go to, to New King James. Glory to God. Ooh-wee. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Now switch to the NIV. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best. That's the summit. Are y'all seeing that this is not my idea? I'm not trying to trick you into prosperity. I'm not trying to trick you into opulence. I'm not try- trying to trick you into being wealthy. No, this is God's idea. It's his plan before you got here. It's why, part of why he sent Jesus. To get us back to Eden? To live on? To live on? To live on what? The top of the world. Not the bottom. So if you be willing and obedient, according to NIV, you will eat the best from the land. Now go back to Isaiah 58, verse 14. Isaiah 58, verse 14. Oh, I'll wrap this up in a couple minutes. Y'all just give me a couple more minutes here. Glory to God. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills, or we know from King James, places of the earth and feed you with the heritage or the inheritance of Jacob, your father, the mouth of Pastor John has, the mouth of Kenneth Copeland has spoken, the mouth of Dr. Leroy Thompson, huh? the mouth of Apostle Philip Derber, huh? 
the mouth of the Lord. This isn't some man-made idea here. This is what God says. I'll make you ride on the high places. What's the high, the best places? <laughs> Glory to God. Okay. Give me Ephesians 2 verse 4. Ephesians 2 verse 4. Hey, my goodness. Ephesians 2 verse 4. This is, I just want to give you more insight here, more proof from the Bible that you're, you're not made to live on the bottom. You're not made to be a lowball offer kind of person. <laughs> Jesus. Y'all got Ephesians 2? Hold on to Ephesians 2. And go down to Matthew 13. <laughs> See, because you got to know who you are, whose you are, and who's in you. Now, the whose you are, you are bought with a price. You are not your own. <laughs> Everybody say, I'm bought with a price. And your Bible says you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. So you are worth far much, much more than you valued yourself at. Uh, Matthew 13, are you there? All right, let me, let me keep all right, verse 44, verse 44. Again, <laughs> the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells, come on, all that he has and buys that field. So the man sought this treasure. And the treasure was so valuable to him, he bought, he sold everything he had. That's what it was worth to him. And he bought the whole field. Now, you, you and I are, are the treasures in the field. The world, the earth, we make up the field. So Jesus, God, sold everything. The best. So when you want to try to figure out, well, what am I worth? Oh, I don't feel like I'm worth anything. I, Low self-esteem and all that kind of foolishness the devil tries to put in our heads. Do you know who you are? Okay, let me keep going. Verse 45 and 46. 45 says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. Looking for something. Who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. We're the pearls. He sold everything. That's what we're worth. All right? Now, go back to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4. Let's, let's sort of wrap this up here. Glory to God. Ephesians 2 verse 4. Thank you, Lord. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love <clears throat> with which he loved us, even when 
we were dead in trespasses. Even when we were a hot stinking mess. Even when, it says, made us alive together with Christ by grace, you have been saved. A sozo, y'all know that sozo word, right? By, by God's ability to give, you have been saved. Verse 6, and look at this part. Look at this part. I want you to see where you are. Remember, high places of the earth. And raised us up together and made us, made us, made us, not just not invited us, made us, not just welcomed us, made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So you and I have a divine seat, a divine position. We're not low on the totem pole. We are not low on the totem pole. We are seated in Christ next to God. I'm talking about your divine position. I'm talking about who you are. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the real you. Your seat of authority is right next to God in Christ. Y'all got that here. So are you worth something? You better believe you're worth something. Now remember, I'm preaching out on heavily estate. This is, this is where you sit, in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. Let me keep going here. Verse 7, that in ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift. It is the, all this, all this exaltation, it is the gift of God, not of works. Not, y'all got that. Not of works. Your exaltation is not of your own works. Because if it was your works, then you boast. I'm a self-made man. Look at what I did. But when God does it, you can't boast in it. You can't say anything. You can't glory in anything. So he said, out of works, that's any man should boast. Now, verse 10, we're going to read verse 10. But I want to read verse 10 and amplified. I love verse 10 amplified. Glory to God. Verse 10 amplified. For we are God. I know it's small, but can you read it? All right, let's read it. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, watch this last line, ready, go, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready. So God prearranged a good life for us. He made a good life ready for us to live. All we have to do is humble ourselves. Submit ourselves to God. And he'll exalt us to this good life that he has prearranged and made ready for us to live. Glory to God. Glory to God. Can y'all handle that tonight? So we have been seated together in him in heavenly places. We're not low on the totem pole. We're not lower than the angels. So the Bible says you don't get into any worship of angels. We're not lower than angels. Angels are lower than us. Glory to God. The heavenly hierarchy is God. His son Jesus is next to him. The Holy Ghost, they're one. Then us. Is that right? 
Psalm 8, verse, Psalm, Psalm chapter 8, uh, number 8 talks about he's made us a little lower than the angels, but the real word there is than himself. Elohim. So we're a little lower than God. Is that right? And so if we're a little lower than God, that means the angels are lower than us. Right? Now, y'all know this angel uh, named Gabriel. He's, a, he's, a, he's an, an archangel. Uh, there's another archangel named uh, Michael. He's an archangel. Okay? Now, remember, these guys, according to Hebrews 1.14, are all ministers of ours. They minister to us. So God, the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost, us, then the archangels, and then all the other angels. There are millions of these angels that are all, all over the place. Now, remember, there was a third archangel originally. Remember that one? Gabriel, the messenger angel, Michael, the warrior angel, and there was Lucifer, the worship angel, the praise of music angel. He got booted out. So he's a fallen angel. So if he's a fallen angel, he's definitely not higher than we are. That's what he is under our feet. So don't let some stupid, idiotic fallen angel who didn't even know how to keep his place in heaven, who is too stupid. I'm talking about the devil. The one, the one some of y'all are scared of right now. You, I, look, I can tell by the way I'm talking, y'all. Like, he's talking about the devil. Like, yeah, the stupid, idiotic, dumb, idiotic, fool, ugly, stinking, no good, rotten, defeated, whooped. Devil. He's all that. He's not on your level. He's not on your level. So don't let him lowball you into low level living. God has given you a heavenly estate. Now we read Romans 8, and I'll get to it next week. But I'll, let's, let's read. Uh, Romans 8, verse 29 and 30, um, just so there's a preview for next week, all right? Let's read 29 and 30 from the Amplified Bible, please. Amplified Bible, all right? For those whom he foreknew, of whom he was aware, notice how God has always seen you, aware and loved beforehand, he also destined from the beginning, foreordaining them, to be molded into the image of his son and share inwardly his likeness that he might become the firstborn. This is about Jesus Christ here. So Jesus became the firstborn among many brethren. So if he's the firstborn among many brethren, brethren are on the same level. Brethren are on the same level. Got it? That's why the Bible calls us joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Got it? Okay, I'm just, I'm just, I just got to say that because we keep putting ourselves down. We don't realize who we are, whose we are, and who's in us. Okay? All right, let's read verse 30, and then we, we, can, we can stop. And those whom he thus foreordained, he also did what? And those whom he called, he also did what? Justified. Which means acquitted, made righteous, putting them in the right center with himself. And watch this. And those whom he justified, 
he also glorified. Now, what does glorified mean here? Raised them to a heavenly dignity and condition or state of being. Did you catch that? Should I read it again? He also glorified, raising you to a heavenly dignity. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, you ain't no slave no more. <laughs> you was free. You ain't got to be no sharecropper. You ain't got to be picking no cotton. I just got to deal with you. You're not some second-class citizen. No, you've been raised to a heavenly dignity and condition or state of being. So heaven's condition is what your life's supposed to be. And we used to sing it back in the old days. Ain't no crying over there. But what you doing all that crying for here? Ain't no sickness over there. But why you always stay sick over here? Ain't gonna be no more dying over there. But why you dying over here? Well, everybody die. No, you're dying. See, you people talking themselves to death. No more crying over there in my father's house. Some of y'all know that song. <laughs> so heaven and dignity and condition or state of being. So as we keep going, I'm going to teach you about heaven's condition, heaven's dignity, knowing that God has raised you to a heavenly state. And when you walk in that, you're not going to let anybody lowball you anymore. If you get this, you're walking to a restaurant and they won't be able to sit you anywhere. No, you're not going to, no, 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 I'm, I'm not sitting over there. We're sitting over there. You're not going to take somebody, somebody's shiggity shack apartment, run down place and, oh, I just, as long as I got a place to lay my head. No, 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 we not, no, no. no. Not, it, ain't, it ain't gonna be that. It ain't, it ain't gonna be that. No, no. I have a heavenly dignity. Dignified. Heavenly dignity and conditional state of being. Amen. I could go a lot longer, but I don't want to get in the middle of something because I got a lot to add to you. So, will you come back next week? Okay. Stay humble. Keep listening to God. Stay obedient. Meditate on the word day and night. And God's going to, any day now, going to come and say, Tyrone, this is your day. Eric, this is your day. Jaquetta, this is your day. Tell your neighbor, this is your day. Glory to God. Father, thank you today, tonight, for giving us your word. Thank you for each person, Lord, that has been in this place. I pray, Father, that every word that has been said and shared ministers to every heart, to every person. I pray, Father, that, God, you help 
us to be able to go in and pull down strongholds that are in our own minds, strongholds of poverty and lack and strongholds of, of uh, second-class position, strongholds that have been established in our minds that may have been passed through for generations, strongholds that may have been built because of some experience we had as children, right. strongholds that have been built because maybe our dreams have not come to come true for us. We've experienced failures even as adults, and maybe we've got strongholds, God, that are keeping us from understanding none of that matters. What matters is who we are. What matters is whose we are. What matters is who's inside of us. And Father, it's you and us, Christ, the hope of glory. It's you and us, the king of glory on the inside of us. We belong to you. Hallelujah. We are yours. We are your people and the sheep of your pasture. You have made us and not we ourselves. We are bought with a price. Therefore, we glorify you in our spirit and our bodies, which are yours. We are the temples of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. So, God, I ask that each person in this room tonight, all those who are listening online, watching online, all those who will hear this message for years to come, that at the moment they hear this message, that the words penetrate their hearts, that, God, that they would begin to break off everything that's been limiting their lives. And I pray that the glorious light of your gospel would penetrate the darkness and bring light to their eyes. And, God, they'll know that we're not supposed to be living like this. Thank you, Lord, that you'll make us ostentatiously rich. The kind of wealth that will attract people to you, our God. That when people want to know how, how is this so? God, because we stay humble, we won't take any credit or glory to ourselves. We'll always be ready to say, the Lord has done it. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. We'll be able to say, this is the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. So now, just continue to bless your people. God, we'll stay down so that you can lift us up. We thank you, Father, for your law of exaltation. Thank you for our heavenly estate. We give you all the glory and all the honor and the praise tonight, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. If you receive that, why don't you give God a grant of praise tonight for the word of God.